0: Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm your host, Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm looking forward to a real entertaining hour. I hope you are too. I'll take care of my end if you'll be patient and sit down, pour a cup of tea, and have a listen. Well, it's another nice day in Chico. Even when it's cloudy in Chico, the clouds always make some interesting patterns, and it's still a nice place to be no matter what the weather's like. And this fall has been not too bad. What do you think? few rainstorms but nothing too major, little wind but nothing too serious. So, so far it's a pretty good fall and where I noticed our rainfall is about normal so the farmers should be happy with their harvest plans and their planting plans and hopefully the prices will be up on walnuts and almonds. I call them almonds only since I've moved to Chico 30 some years ago. I used to call them almonds when I was a Bay Area resident, but Chico, I know, is the capital of those almonds, so we need the right weather, and we need to have, oh, how about lesser almond weather in some foreign countries, but perfect almond weather here, so our local farmers can make a ton of money this year. That'd be nice. So as far as business news, I'm going to spend the first few minutes today just sort of reviewing a couple of things I've been going over the last couple of weeks. I think the biggest news in the headlines today that I'm noticing, because I don't go, as you know, I don't go to CNN, I don't go to Fox, and I don't go to CNBC or Bloomberg, I go to Zero Hedge. And the article that caught my attention that just came out this morning is called Crypto Carnage Continues as the Fed Warns Digital Currencies Could, quote, Pose Serious Financial Stability Issues. Well, well, the Fed... Isn't that interesting? I figured this would happen. As soon as things start getting popular and a lot of money starts flowing out of the bank and into things like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Ripple, Florin Coin, Dash, there's about, I don't know, there's two or 300 of these, but there's four or five that I follow. It's very interesting now that all of a sudden the Fed is concerned that these could... Uh, Cause financial stability. It says, while these digital currencies may not pose major concerns at their current levels of use, more serious financial stability issues may result if they achieve wide scale usage. Well, the problem is, it is achieving wide scale usage, and a lot of people are catching on. I told you about three or four weeks ago, I decided to finally put my toe in the water. I know I'm late to the party. But I began my cryptocurrency life, and it's been a lot of fun. It's definitely been some ups and downs, but it went down. Uh, the one that I was watching the most, uh, I started it at 65 Within two or three weeks, it had already gone to 103 Then yesterday had a big crash in Bitcoin and this one I use called Litecoin, and it went all the way down to, I believe, the high 70s but it's already back to the high 80s. So it's basically already bounced back to the level that it was sort of hanging out at for a week or two. So I'm not concerned at all. To me, this is just a buying opportunity, and the next leg up should take Litecoin. And I'm not a financial advisor, so I'm just letting you know what I invest in, along with some standard stuff that I take very good care to watch carefully because I don't trust everybody who sells financial products. In my opinion, the move of Litecoin that took it from about 60 ish level to over 100 is a $40 move that should translate to another $40 move from the 70s at these lows to maybe 119 or 120. Now, like I say, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not recommending you buy anything. I'm just telling you what I've bought. And I'm telling you that if it does reach the 120 level, like the technical picture would predict, I would probably sell a few and then buy again when it dips back down to 90 or 95 or something like that. That's just the way uh, traders sort of work on these things. But the main thing I wanna say is that Bitcoin a couple of days ago hit an all time high of like 11,300. And just about a month ago, it was down around 5,500. So there's definitely serious stuff going on with these cryptocurrencies And now that I see this article about the Fed, I'm convinced that they are here for good because the Fed wouldn't be bothered by something that was harmless to them. And it looks like this could be a huge wave for the future. Now, wait to see what happens if people start selling stock market investments to get into cryptocurrencies. The other thing to remember is the thing called the contrarian indicators, When the general public jumps into an investment, that's usually the time to get out. The dot-com bubble happened, if you remember, back in 1999 and 2000. Everybody and their neighbor was discussing the latest dot-com stock that they had that had tripled in value. And you would just hear people talking about dot-com stocks all over the place. If you were standing outside the elementary school waiting for the parents to pick up the children, you'd hear people talking about a dot-com investment. That's the sign that you get out, because when the general public gets in, that's the top, usually, and that's called, contrarian in, that's called a contrarian indicator. When 90% of all investors feel bullish, they feel that the market's going to go up, that's normally the top of the market, and that's sort of where we're at with the stock market these days. The reason this cryptocurrency world is different right now than the stock markets, in my opinion, is that they're sort of new. The total market cap of these just a month ago, was that's the price that they're worth times the number that are out there, that just a month ago was about $160 billion. I believe just a few days ago at this peak of Bitcoin at 11.3 and Litecoin at 103, I would believe that would have been around 300 billion of market cap. Well, these days, 300 billion is that's pocket change to the people on Wall Street. 300 billion probably gets traded every hour between the Wall Street stocks, bonds, and foreign currency exchange, which I was explaining to you the other day foreign exchange currency trading is the number one market in the world. That probably trades at 300 billion an hour or more. So, when you see a market like the whole cryptocurrency market only being worth 300 billion, that's a very small amount in Wall Street, fake market, money printing terms, which is the era that we're in right now. So, I mean, I could, I could see 300 billion doubling in a, in a month or two. That's my opinion. Like I say, I'm not recommending you buy these things, but I'm recommending you at least learn about them and you at least think about them maybe for a small percentage, maybe for a small percentage of your investment money, maybe for a couple thousand dollars. That's sort of my plan on this thing. I I didn't go all in with a large amount for my first cryptocurrency purchase because I know that this stuff is very crazy, very difficult, and not easy to uh, make a lot of money in automatically. So that's my little rant about cryptocurrencies. I was also shocked the other day. Well, actually, I wasn't shocked, but I think people should be shocked when Janet Yellen on her sort of her farewell address, because the new man, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, he's taking over as the Fed chairman, the one that, talks to Congress, and sits on the TV and answers some questions. That's Janet Yellen. I think she's been there four or five years. She's leaving, and the new guy's coming in. But what was really amazing to me, and not a surprise really, but I doubt if everybody heard this, she came out the other day, and for her last little speech in front of Congress or press conference for the uh, FOMC meeting or something, it's one of those fed things they do every few weeks i basically ignore 90% of it cuz to me it's it's kind of a joke and she comes out and says yes we have a problem with this debt level and people should be it should be keeping people awake at night when i hear a fed chairman who's been doing nothing but printing money and allowing this mess to go on for the last 5 years while she was supposedly chairman I couldn't believe it. For her to come out and say that on her last time in front of people, That's to me, that's shameful. That's what should have been being discussed four or five years ago. So, like I say, I have no respect for this whole system we're in. I've mentioned it before. I don't vote anymore. But I do help people with their money, and I give them alternative ideas. I give them things to think about. I play the devil's advocate with everyone. If I have a client that comes in and they say, I'm going to start flipping houses. I don't know whether, that's just an example. I don't know whether we're in a housing peak of a bubble right now or whether the housing is going to go great and the house prices are going to double again in the next few years. I don't know. But I always like to give people a devil's advocate opinion so that they're at least aware of the other idea that could be possible. Think of it this way. Right now, the house prices are very high. They're almost, in some cases, they're higher than they were in 06 and 07, like in the Bay Area. In some cases, they're about what they were in 06 and 07, which I would say Chico's approaching that. I know Magalia, Paradise, the outlying areas are still lower but that 06 and 07 was kind of like a mania, and that was a bubble. What I'm saying is that nobody knows whether this is a bubble right now at the top or whether it's going to keep going up. But nobody should be left with one side of the story and one opinion. In other words, if you go in and talk to a realtor, you're probably, it's likely that you're going to get an opinion that's like, no, this is not the top of the market. Whether that person knows or not. If you go to a stock market stockbroker, you're likely to get an opinion leaning towards no, this is probably not the top of the market. And technically, they're being honest, that's their opinion. But if you look at all the data and all the prices and all the historical charts, things like the stock market and the housing market go down every few years. Especially when they're at very high levels. What I'm trying to convey is that I like to play devil's advocate, no matter what. If one client comes in to me and says he's been starting to, he wants to start flipping houses, I will, I won't tell him whether house prices are high or low or whether they're coming down. I'll say nobody knows, but I will give them a little story of a client of mine who was doing some house flipping back in 04, 05, 06. And in the colloquialism that I think is appropriate, this person got caught with his pants down. In other words, while the market started crashing, he owned a lot of property at a very high price he had paid. And the situation there, obviously, is that if the prices had have continued to go up, He would have continued to make a bunch of profits and it would have been fine, but he was overextended at the top and the prices came down and he almost lost everything. The moral of that story is you have to look at both sides and you have to assume that one of the chances is a big downturn. So you, you can go ahead and start a business of flipping houses. The people who I know that are doing it now are doing very well. The problem is if you start that business now and go too far into it and open up five house escrows all at the same time, you're exposed to a downturn that could break you and bankrupt you if you're timing it wrong. That's my point. So my point about being devil's advocate is that if one client comes to me and says they want to be a house flipper, I'll tell them the story of house flippers I've known I'll also tell them stories of house flippers who have almost gone bankrupt. But if the next client that comes in tells me they own five rental houses and they think they want to sell them all at once because they think this is the top of the market, I will go through the same devil's advocate and I'll I'll take the other side. I'll say, yes, it could be that this is the top. And I'll also tell them my favorite saying financially, no one ever went broke taking a profit. So it's not, a, it's not a losing proposition to sell all your rentals now at a high point, but maybe you'd be better selling one at a time in case the market does continue to go up. Maybe it'd be nice to sell one now, and then if, if, it's, if one of your other houses is 20000 higher in two months, you held on to it. As soon as this breaks over, I'm going to get back to you with a lot of more great information that I think is really going to help you. Stay tuned. This is Harold Littlejohn. And this is Business Buzz.
1: During this upcoming holiday season, Pogo's Pizza, asks that we take time to remember our troops overseas who can't be with their families as they stand to protect our country. Your letters, cards, and care packages will help to let them know that we are here and we care. Let's reflect on the meaning of the holidays and show our support through our prayers as we celebrate. That message from Pogo's Pizza, with the best pizza and wings around. And they would like to send the special salute to deceased veteran Robert Anderson. May you rest in peace.
2: Astronaut Bob the Drop here. There's been a lot of talk about water found on Mars. Why would you go all the way to Mars for water when
1: we have the best tasting water at Mount Shasta? It comes from our protected springs and is delivered right to your
2: door. Great landing, Bob. Hey, where are you going with that? Those Martians are stealing my water! Guess we have some new customers! And anyone can get Mount Shasta Springwater if they call us at 1-800-922-6227. Pure and simple. Naturally the best. Mount Shasta Springwater.
1: Praise the Lord. I'm Sharon Knotts inviting you to join me and my dad R.G. Hardy on the Sound of Faith mornings at 10 here on KKXX. If you are drawn to inspirational preaching, informative in-depth teaching, and biblical perspectives to current issues under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then Sound of Faith is perfect for you because we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 10 o'clock weekday mornings here on KKXX, Chico's Christian Radio.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I was just talking about getting in at the top of a market and being playing the devil's advocate. And there's one other article I wanted to talk to you about real quickly before I get into the main portion of the show today. This is an article on Zero Hedge from a place called DollarCollapse.com. And it was published on November 27th. So that's, that's very recent. And the title that attracted me to read this is The Dumbest Dumb Money Finally Gets Suckered In. And so what the point of this article is, the investment people are noticing that it's general public now that's starting to pick up their stock market purchases. And like I just said, when the general public starts buying stocks, that's when you have to look out the most because that's where that's where you're probably going to end up uh, hurting the most. So what happened was there's a chart, and the big run-up in stocks over the last month has been very much involved with what's called the corporate buyback. Corporations borrowing very cheap money from our friends at the Federal Reserve, which is not federal, and they I don't think they have that many reserves, those corporations have been buying back their own stock with low-interest money. That has buoyed the, buoyed the stock market, B o b u o y e d buoyed the stock market. And that is one of the main reasons that the stock market keeps going up and up and up. The chart that I've seen in this article, it shows that the corporate repurchasing is starting to slow down. But the stock market hasn't been slowing down much. It's kind of looking like it's trying to make a top of some sort, but you never know. And the point of this article is mentioning that the Merrill Lynch types and the stockbrokers are seeing more public interest in stocks lately. That, like I was just saying a few minutes ago, is the contrarian indicator that you need to watch out for. When amateurs think that it's easy money in the stock market... That's when they usually get fleeced, like they did in the year 2000 and like they did in the year 2008. This 2016 was on schedule after the election to begin another big market downturn. I'm not certain what exactly went on because the night of the Trump election being confirmed, stocks were down like 1,000 points on the Dow and gold and silver were up like 10%. In an hour. And within hours of that, once the Trump election was pretty much certified, it completely reversed. Gold went way down, stocks shot way up. What I'm trying to say is these are fake markets, and you better be careful because if you happen to be in them when the big boys decide to pull the plug, it's not going to be good for your balances. And like I say, one of the things that one of the people that I read. Listen to his name's Jim Willie. He's a stat- statistics PhD doctor, retired, who talks about financial things. And he basically says, look, just sell what they're pumping and buy what they're dumping. And if you listen to that advice, you need to sell your stocks and your bonds because that's what they're pumping. And you would buy silver and gold because that's what they're dumping. And they're keeping those prices low, which actually is a gift to you and me. That's my financial portion of the show today. I can promise you next Tuesday on my schedule is a very entertaining guest with a very entertaining story all about money, and it's going to be really fantastic. That'll be Tuesday at 3. Don't miss that show. Today, I'm going to venture into my side job. I call my CPA business my day job because it's what pays the bills. It's what I've been doing I started working in the tax and accounting business when I was before I went to college because my father was a public accountant in Oakland, California, and that's where I learned and that's where I worked when I was younger. I moved to Chico to go to school. I got my accounting degree from Cal State Chico. I graduated in 1979, and I went to the Bay Area to go to work after that. And I worked for my father at my father's office for seven years full-time daily at his office in Oakland. And that's where I learned so much about income taxes and accounting, but especially income taxes, due to the fact that I was the one person in the office that did income taxes alongside my father. The other employees there were bookkeepers, non-CPAs, and they didn't prepare taxes. It was just my dad and myself and a couple other guys that would come in part-time, other CPAs that were real real quality guys that would come in during tax season to help, to help with the giant workload during tax season. That experience really gave me a lot of experience because I learned from a guy that at the time I was there had already been doing taxes full-time for a living for the past 25 years at that time. And this was in the early 80s. When I came back to Chico full-time, which was in 1987, uh, I was married in the Bay Area. We moved up here after we were married in 86. We moved up here in 87. And I was fortunate enough, after working for some local CPAs here, to find an income tax practice for sale that I was able to purchase which got my foot in the door to doing taxes full-time like I had wanted to do other than just being an employee of CPA firms. But I will thank the CPA firm that employed me here when I was younger because it enabled me to get the final credits I needed to get my own CPA certificate. I had passed the CPA exam, but I had to finish a little bit of work-related credit in order to become a CPA, It's interesting, any young CPA coming out now, after they pass the CPA exam, the requirement of their work is completely different than it was when I became a CPA. I won't say it's much easier, but I will say it's very different. It may be easier. When I came out, the requirement was you had to pass the CPA exam, then you had to do Years of experience and particular experience and particular jobs in the auditing world, which is true audits, not talking about IRS audits. These are the real reason why CPAs are even in existence. Audited financial statements. When you go to buy a stock at eight, like let's say you're going to buy AT&T stock. When you look up their financial statements and you see how much revenue they have, how much net income they have, what the earnings per share is, blah, 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 blah. That is all predicated on accurate CPA statements that have been audited. That's the true reason why CPAs are even around, is because they attest to financial statements for everybody, for banks who lend, for investors who buy stock, for vendors who make go into a deal with a big company, Everything that happens is based on a CPA's signature that says, yes, these statements present fairly the financial condition. I won't even go into the fact of what happened with Enron and how Arthur Anderson disappeared off the face of the earth because of that stuff, but it's a result of people not being honest in the attestation, which is what CPAs are all about. I particularly choose not to do that type of audit work. Number one, the insurance rates are sky high once you start doing that kind of work. And number two, I just don't want to do it. You have to hire a lot of help to get it done. I've done it before because I had to. My point is is that younger CPAs were not required to work for other CPAs. Older CPAs like myself were. You can now pass the CPA exam And you can come out and work in the private industry, like for Google or Netflix or something, and then you can become a CPA. Uh, I'm not in that world because I got my CPA back in the days when you had to work for a CPA to get it. So I won't comment on whether that's easier now or not. But working for a CPA was not easy. Absolutely not. I'll be right back after the break with some real exciting business information. Stay tuned.
1: KKXX is excited to present Seeds of Truth with Joe Holcraft. Each weekday
0: evening, Joe has hosted the Catholic Hour every
1: weekend for the last eight years. And Seeds of Truth promises the same Catholic understanding of sacred scripture, contemporary faith-based topics, and the latest news from around the world. If you have questions about faith, join Joe and the Seeds of Truth right here on KKXX each evening, Monday through Friday. Here's Rick Box, founder of Integrity Resource Center, with today's Integrity Moment.
0: An acquaintance of mine was reportedly so focused on the mission of helping orphans that when someone new would call for an appointment, he would say, if this meeting won't somehow help an orphan, I really don't have time to meet. Having clarity of what your mission is and sticking
2: to it is the best way towards success. However, we are also called to love others, which can sometimes be disruptive to our plans. Some leaders struggle with the tension between staying focused on their mission while maintaining and cultivating important relationships. Galatians 5.16 teaches, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Before dismissing an opportunity to love others, stop, pray, and listen for the Holy Spirit's leading. To order Rick's new book, Unconventional Business, visit IntegrityResource.org. That's IntegrityResource.org. Hi, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, It had this phone number on it, and, well, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. When I found a little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, and I'd be happy to drop it off. We'd do anything for kids, yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger near you. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz, Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Now I'm getting to the fun part of the show. My second job is my passion, which is writing. And my subject of my writing is also a passion of mine. It is a book that I'm working on. It's actually a compilation of blog posts that I wrote over a period of a few years. It's not published yet, but it's almost to that point. I'm working on that. Hopefully by the spring, I'll be able to actually point you to the place where you can go to Kindle or Amazon or Barnes & Noble and buy an electronic copy. I'll also print a few hard copies because I want to use this book to actually speak at groups and seminars and kind of teach with it. I'll give you a quick background on this book, and then I'll tell you a couple more things about it. Last time I was on, a couple days ago, I filled you in on a subject of trying to help you with your mental stress levels, and it was called mind-watching. I don't know if you heard that, but I'll go over that again today. It was about 2009, and I started realizing that all these books I was reading— that were helping me with like a stress level thing because I, I work a lot, I have a family, I'm busy all the time. I I was, you know, sort of getting stressed out thinking, you know, instead of reading some war novel or reading some history book about the American Revolution or business novel about, you know, Wall Street, I started reading a lot of spiritual books. What struck me while I'm reading them is I was finding this common thread running through all of the different books that I was reading. That made me think about kind of making an outline and kind of piecing together these things I was seeing over and over. I ended up coming up with a little outline and I printed up maybe 8 pages with 5 or 6 main topics and I was able to have a free room to rent because I'm also the tax professor at the law school, Cal Northern School of Law here in Chico, and they were kind enough to let me use uh, the classroom for my little seminar that I held when my book wasn't a book yet. It was just an outline of five or six pages. I invited a few of my clients that I knew would be interested. I also invited a few of my people from my Toastmasters club, which was in the Paradise Toastmasters on the Ridge, which, by the way, if you guys are interested in a Toastmasters, there's a good Chico one also, but the Paradise one is excellent. I encourage you to look into the Toastmasters. I'll get you a little more information on that in a minute. I had 10 or 11 people show up to my little free seminar. I got all dressed up with my coat and tie, and which I don't normally wear because at my office I'm kind of a shirt-collar-open kind of guy, uh, not really formal all the time. And I presented this little lecture of what I had. I'm not sure if I had the title at that point. I probably didn't at that point. But the title of my book is called The Miracle Business Method. And it was basically to help my clients who were business people or even if they're just employees there's still business. Even if you're just a homemaker, I won't say just a homemaker, that's a huge job. That's a business too, because you you have a budget to run. You have a schedule to stick to. You have to take care of various people in your household. There's nothing easy about any of these things. And the people I invited were a pretty good mix of different types of occupations And I was really happy that they took their time out to do that that evening. It was some weeknight. To make a long story short, I went through this two or two and a half hour presentation with them. I got real good response. But the next day, I got some real good response. And one of the people who had attended this lecture wrote me and said, Harold, it's amazing I did what you told me to do on my way home, and when I got home, everything was different than it usually is. I won't go into the details about what that was all about detail-wise, but he was convinced after a 10-minute practice period on his way home from my little get-together that I had taught him something that actually worked. I was getting that kind of feedback from more than one person over the next little while. So I decided that I'm going to take what I know and I'm going to start teaching it. Well, this has been seven or eight years since I started. So my busy life, my son at the time I started doing this was 16. He was still living at home. He didn't go away to college till he was 18. I didn't have time to take on a full-time deal of being a writer and being a speaker, and writing a book, and getting it published, so I slowly dove into it on a slow basis, and one of the things I did was, I set up a website, miraclebusinessmethod.com, and I started posting a blog post to that website. Unfortunately, three or four years ago, one of the people I had hired to help me with this website work lost lost, they didn't back up the website properly, which is a, you know, it's something every website guy has to do. But the people I hired, unfortunately, weren't this cream of the crop type and they lost everything. Fortunately, I had it all backed up. And so that's why if you go to miraclebusinessmethod.com right now, you can still see the website, but it's sort of under construction. You can see a lot of basic learning things on my pages, but the blog itself is small because I haven't been doing the blog posts like I did back in the past. But at the time, back in about 2011, 2012, I had written so often that I had accumulated enough to that where I put it together in my book form that I'm working on now, it's like 230 something pages of double-spaced Word document, which means that I believe it's going to translate to a novel-size 200-page book or more. So I do have the... The book is put together. I just have to get it all edited. i got to put some illustrations, and i got to get it ready to print. The bottom line of this story, which I'm going to get to today, is that I believe that five or six simple methods I can teach you will help you, number one, in your business. It will also help you in your personal life and your stress level and maybe getting to sleep a little faster. Those are the things that I wanted it for when I first started learning these things, and believe me, they help. I have one method that I'll tell you later about sometime that absolutely helps me go to sleep almost instantly once I decide that, hey, I don't want to lay here anymore, I want to go to sleep. I have a method that has worked for me for the last couple of years on a regular basis. So I've got a lot of good information to share. I think you'll enjoy this. Right now, I want to start out by going over again what I brought up last Tuesday here, which was the job well it's not a job it's kind of fun it's the trick called mind watching it basically stems from many many ancient texts talk about things like the third eye and you know the, the mind within the mind and all that that's what this is it's there's nothing there's nothing that complicated about exercising with this, it's complicated to try to go back and study all the history. And that's the other thing. Our minds are so tuned into being, well, what I like to call, based on some other books that filter into the miracle business method, the ego mind, which is the mind that you're in when you're busy, the mind of the world that keeps you busy all the time. It's always chattering to you. It's saying, oh, you should have done this. Oh, you should be doing that oh, you have to do this tomorrow, isn't that terrible? That's the ego mind. But what this mind-watching does is it immediately takes you to a level above that ego mind. Now, there's a lot of people that teach this, but not a lot of people have learned it. Not a lot of people are really utilizing it and putting it into practice. One of the things you'll hear these days, if you go look on Google and check this out, they call it mindfulness. It's sort of a counseling therapy type idea and that's all this is mind watching is the same as what they call mindfulness you need to mentally back away or rise above your chattering daily mind once you do that and the way i told you the other day that i'll repeat now one of the ways to get there is to say to yourself i wonder what my next thought will be Take a minute and do that right now. I wonder what my next thought will be. Now, right after you say that to yourself, you should have a little second or two that's kind of blank. That is where you want to be. That's being mindful because once your mind is blank, that's when you're actually conscious. You're actually aware and you're not letting your daily routine mind pull you down the river like a inner tube being towed by a boat. That's your normal mind. You're being towed around by these endless train of thoughts of which, I might add, 90% are probably either useless or negative. So if you just take a minute every every now and then, if you take a break at work or you have a five-minute break when you're starting a cup of coffee, take a minute and say to yourself, I wonder what my next thought will be, and see if you can keep that Know th- that thoughtless mind, see how long you can keep that for. That is what's called mind-watching, and it's a very helpful thing. I find that if I'm having a stressful day where the work's piled up and the phone calls won't stop and I got trouble coming from some IRS letter from somewhere, if I do this just occasionally every day, it kind of resets my mind to where I can actually start functioning In a more calm, deliberate manner. Because the other part of that mind-watching is, in the problem-solving mode, which my book gets into in one of the other parts, ask yourself, what problem do you have right now? And then you have to avoid thinking about problems that are coming up. Now, on the other side of this break that's coming up, I'm going to teach you a couple more ways to help yourself. So stay tuned, we're gonna get a little bit more into the miracle business method. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be right back with Business Buzz.
1: To Mars for water when we have the best tasting water at Mount Shasta. It comes from our protected springs and is delivered right to your door.
2: Great
1: landing, Bob. Hey, where are you going with that?
2: Those Martians are stealing my water. Guess we have some new customers. And anyone can get Mount Shasta Springwater if they call us at 1 800 922 6227. Pure and simple, naturally the best Mount Shasta Springwater. Keyboard
1: Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the internet's most beloved pets. I rescued Toast from a shelter in 2011. I love Toast because she's a lazy diva. Toast does whatever she wants, obviously. She's sleeping right now. She's so loving. She's so comforting. When I walked into the shelter, I knew right then that she was special. Toast, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA, trying to help you with all aspects of business, money, finance, and stress. Well, those all kind of go together these days, don't they? It always amazes me. I was talking today with a client. How is it that when the government has to raise Social Security payments, they claim inflation is like 1%? A couple of years ago, I remember there was no change to Social Security. And they claimed inflation was zero. But in the meantime, my PG&E bill I know has been going up. My health insurance premium has gone up. It's as of December 1st, 20% raise from the year before. And it's basically doubled since Affordable Care Act, and I'll put that in quotes, came out. So... Just as a little side note while we're talking about the Miracle Business Method, how do they get inflation to say 1% when everything I buy is way, way up? I don't know. I think the place to go for that information is called shadowstats.com. Go to shadowstats and do a little reading there. You'll, You'll learn more than you could probably learn in four years of business school at Stanford. Okay, back to the methods. Now, the method that goes along most with mind-watching, in fact, when you're mind-watching, this second method actually happens simultaneously. It's called present moment awareness. I didn't invent it. Many, many religions talk about it. It is half of the biblical things Jesus says are almost talking about it. It's the fact that you need to experience the present moment. The interesting thing about this is that when you do the mind-watching and if you get to that point where you can remember to say, I wonder what my next thought will be, that little second or two that you have that break between your thoughts is the present moment also. So you actually kill two birds with one stone when you become mindful. The thing about present moment awareness that always intrigues me is how it feels very similar every time you do it. In other words, you could be on a mountaintop with the wind blowing. You could be out in a boat on the ocean. You could be at home in front of the television. And those seem like different places and different times. But when you do the present moment awareness... What's noticeable about that is it's very similar to the last time you got there. The goal of this is to get there as often as you can. It's very difficult to maintain it. Just like when you say, I wonder what my next thought will be. You can listen to the next thought or the thought after that, and you that's where you want to be. You, you don't try to stop your thoughts because they're not going to stop. You want to get to the point of watching the thoughts and not judging the thoughts, just observing the thoughts. The problem is, if you're like me, you can start that and watch a thought and say, oh, that's an interesting thought. I don't even care about that. Then you get another one, you say, oh, that's an interesting thought. I kind of care about that. And by the time one of the thoughts kind of catches your imagination, you're back in your ego mind, and it's pulling you down the river again. That's where the length of time that you can be mind-watching is very short. I've been doing this for years and years and years, and it's still it's a very short interval that I'm actually in the present moment. But the point is, when you are in the present moment, you sort of reset everything. And like I was saying before the break, tell yourself when you're doing this mind-watching, what problem do I have right now? And then Eckhart Tolle says this in The Power of Now. I, I got that exact line from him. And he says, not, not, what, not in 10 seconds, not, in, not tomorrow, not in an hour, not in 10 seconds, but right now, what problem do you have right now? What he's trying to point out with that exercise is that problems are all fabricated out of past or future thinking. Your thoughts of the past or the future are what cause problems. At the present moment, you have no problem. And then you might say, oh, well, what about that rent bill I have to pay tomorrow is the first. Yes, tomorrow's the first and you do have a rent bill you need to pay. But that's not a problem. And it's hard to really explain all this, but think of it this way. If you were able to go from that problem-free present moment and stay in it for 24 hours, then it wouldn't be a problem. You would probably end up writing a check tomorrow for that rent. Maybe you'd call your landlord and say, I don't have it, but I'll try to have it by the fifth. Whatever the solution is, I have no idea, but it shouldn't be a problem today. The interesting thing about this present moment, and the reason I was saying that they're very similar, is that there's another school of thought, which is also one of the good summaries of it, is from Eckhart Tolle, and what he says is, don't confuse the present moment with what happens during the present moment. In other words, the present moment never changes, what you're looking at and what you're hearing with your body's senses might, but the present moment itself is always the same. That's really interesting when you think about it. Step one is mind-watching. If you can do that as often as possible, you will be in the present moment while you're mind-watching. What takes you away from the present moment is past and future. Those are your thoughts. You worry about future problems you regret past problems, or you hope for future benefits. But if you notice, normally the future is generally a repeat of your past. How many things really change for the good that many times? They, they don't really change that much. Think about it. You're probably making a lot of the same things that you call mistakes, which are correctable. You probably have been making those over and over. A lot of people, they are always blaming other people. That's a whole other part of the miracle business method that we'll talk about later. Blame and judgment and all that, that's got to go. But you can't get to the point of dropping your blame and your judgment type living until you start practicing these first few steps. So the mind watching and the present moment awareness kind of go together. And those are really the basic building blocks of starting to de-stress your mind. It was interesting. I was at a Toastmasters meeting and I gave the speeches at Toastmasters. It's really fun. You only get like six or seven minutes for your basic speech. Sometimes you need a longer time and you can do that. But the idea of Toastmasters is that everybody speaks every meeting. So nobody speaks for like a half hour. It's never boring. It's very, very entertaining and it's fun. I gave a speech at the Toastmasters, and it was six or seven minutes, and it was basically what I've told you guys mind-watching, except it was in a little more organized fashion. And I was in front of the room, and I had little index cards in my hand. Because every time I went to memorize a speech, I never had enough time to do all the memorization, and I would flub it up if I went from complete memory. So I always kind of had index cards, and that's just the way I speak. And I gave this little six-minute speech about mind-watching, and one of the people in the audience was just sort of sitting there with these wide eyes in the back of the room when I got done, and I looked at this person, and this person said out loud, my mind is blown. And this is a person who's probably like 50 years old, not young, and This person had never been instructed in the idea of mind-watching or present-moment awareness. So it just sort of pointed out to me the fact that this is something that most people don't really learn about or hear about, but it can be very helpful. So hopefully that person kind of picked up on what I was talking about and ended up maybe utilizing the method. So I thought that was really cool. Whenever I speak and I get feedback like that where somebody actually gets an impression, gets a change of heart, gets a a new idea, a new way to look at things, I really enjoy that. And that mind-watching speech was really fun. And the thing I remember the most about it is that person's reaction when I got done. That also brings me up to the fact that Wouldn't it have been nice when I was about 17 or 18 and I went through that, or maybe 15 or 16, when I was becoming an adult, but still a kid, you know, and having the usual adolescent problems and stress and not feeling good mentally all the time, wouldn't that have been nice if someone had taught me this back then? Unfortunately, nobody ever did. I never actually got a uh, instruction in that type of thing. So that is just something that I feel like would have been a great idea, but it never really happened. But it's not too late for you. I just taught you a couple great techniques. Now I'm gonna start on the third technique and this one's really interesting. I've got time now to get you at least interested in it and I'll follow up sometime soon on completing the job. It's also something you can look up. It's another step in the miracle business method It's called Ho'oponopono. It's a Hawaiian problem-solving technique. And I won't go into the whole history of it because that's where the story kind of takes a little while to tell. That technique enables you to basically solve almost any worldly problem that you have by a simple mind exercise, It was invented, well, it's an ancient practice, but it was made famous by some royal Hawaiian princess type. I don't remember her name. And the person who brought it mainstream is an internet marketing guru named Joe Vitale. He co-authored a book with the man who brought this idea to a hospital and fixed a lot of people with this method without really doing anything else but this method. And his name is Dr. Hu, his short name is Hu Len, H-E-W-L-E-N, Dr. E. Haleaka Hu Len. It's a long name. I call him Dr. Hu Len. So he went to work in a criminally insane ward with a bunch of murderers in Hawaii in the hospital, And instead of actually working directly with the patients, he went over their notes and their files of the bad things they had done, and he practiced this mental practice called ho'oponopono. And to make a long story short, within a couple years of him working, I believe it was 20 hours a week, the entire ward was able to be closed because there was no one left to be treated. It's an amazing story. The book that I read that introduced me to this, and there's you can delve a lot further into it, but the basics are in a book called Zero Limits, and the authors are Joe Vitale and E. Haleaka Hulan, something like that. It's worth reading because it's very interesting. When you try it, you find that it actually works. And that person that I had told you about in my seminar who came home and said everything was different and was saying how great it was that he learned that and all he did was do it for 10 minutes on his way home between my seminar and him getting home, this is what he did. And I'll give you a little taste of it right now before the end of my show. I really think the show flew by for me today. I hope it flew by for you too. You silently say to yourself while thinking about a person, place, thing, or problem, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And you say those four things over and over. I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. Now the reason you say that, it's too involved to get into. If you want to Google it, you can look up Ho'oponopono. There's people who are making a living teaching this. But it's a very interesting practice, and you can read all about it. You can read people's comments. I'll be back Tuesday with a really entertaining guest and a story of greed, financial crumb bums, and the U.S. government next Tuesday at 3. See you next time on Business Buzz. This is Harold Little, John C. KXX Paradise, K280 GL Chico, and K283 AR Chico, Yuba City, Marysville.
2: Hi, it's Matt Four and Erica Smith.
0: And you should join us every Friday for Chico Now Friday at twelve thirty. 5 and 9 p.m. Why do you say? Why should you join us? Because we like to have so much fun. We do. And we talk to people in the community, organizations, and businesses. And we hope that you listen because we enjoy it. And we want you to be there because without you, we might as well be talking in a closet.
2: (laughs) You are there, right? I am here (laughs) on KKXX 104.5 FM and 930 AM.
1: Protection Plus says the right to bear arms is a Second Amendment privilege. Protection Plus stands proud and firm for those foundations of freedom freedoms that still ring true today. That message from Protection Plus in Paradise, your full-service certified NRA training professionals in all aspects of firearms. For more information, call Protection Plus at 530-872-9457. That's 530-872-9457. Protection Plus, reminding us that we live in the land of the free thanks to our brave.
2: Come gather our people wherever you roam and admit that the waters around you have grown, and accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone of the time. Hello, welcome back. It's Eric, your host of Unfiltered it Air. Changing. It's Trump Day, or Hump Day. I just call it Trump Day now. Lots of stuff happening. Uh, you know, uh, California, or Southern California, is on fire. There's, the Los Angeles area is just an inferno right now. And it's it's bad, it's bad, you know. Out here in California, it's it, we're really getting into the wet season now. At least here in Northern California, we're starting to get rains up here in Northern California. So the fire danger is largely past for the area that I'm in. But in Southern California, it stays, you know, it stays dry down there. They don't have a lot of rain in Southern California. It's more of a desert, and it's burning. It's burning really, really bad. I'm not going to cover it much today. Uh, we'll see what happens today and tomorrow, but it's, it's real bad. Uh, you know, we know that Conyers has left, right? He's resigned and he's suggesting that his son should replace him. You know, it's amazing. These Democrats, they think they're royalty. This is a dynasty. He called his position a tenured position. He says, I'm not giving up my tenured position. Well, he did. And it's not tenured, you know, Conyers. It's not tenured. You're not a professor.